From 11FS, this is Fintech Insider News. Today, new bank files for an IPO in the USA. COP26 leads to eco-conscious fintech announcements. And Royale with NFTs, Quentin Tarantino auctions Pulp Fiction NFTs. All of this and more on today's show. But before we start, we just want to tell you about something we're cooking up at 11FS and a quick word from our sponsors. Temenos is a world leader in banking software, helping over 3,000 banks deliver outstanding banking experiences to more than 1.2 billion people. Scale 2021 is Temenos' dedicated, free-to-attend virtual developer event. It includes customer presentations, product demos, roadmap sessions, as well as opportunities for you to speak with Temenos experts. You'll also hear insights from industry leaders on current technology trends and how they impact banking today. Whether you're a developer, consultant, or business user, discover the latest in banking technology with Temenos Software. Search Temenos Scale 2021 to find out more. Hey folks, I'm David Breer, CEO here at 11FS. I'll be speaking at SASA's Innovation Summit on the 9th of November, where I'll be delivering an exclusive keynote on how banking can unlock innovation in the banking battlefield. The Innovation Summit is your opportunity to be inspired, raise questions, and discuss solutions with select banking industry peers and experts on the most pressing issues for you as a leader and decision maker in the industry. This is an exclusive live event aimed at senior executives. The format is intimate and you won't be able to catch this one on demand. So for your chance to address your strategic challenges, unlock the future of your business and make connections, join me at the Innovation Summit hosted by SAS. See you there. Okay, welcome to episode 578 of Fintech Insider. My name is Ross Gallagher, and I'm joined on Fintech Insider News by my 11FS colleague, Guerra Kiwana. Guerra, how are you doing? Doing okay. Um, I was just saying earlier before we started recording, it's Diwali this week. Um, so lots of fireworks and really nice candy in my neighborhood today. Yeah, I love that. Setting the setting the vibe, giving us uh, some, uh, some exciting background noise for this show, I'm sure. So... Uh, yeah, as always, Guerra, great to have you. And of course, we're not alone. Um, as ever, we are joined by some very special guests uh, making the FinTech Insider debut. I am delighted to welcome Eric Johansson, uh, tech editor for Verdict. Eric, thank you for joining us in this uh, very busy news week. Great to have you, I guess. Um, it'd be good to get a brief overview maybe of your news beat. Of course. Uh, thank you so much and an absolute, absolute honor to be here. Although this isn't really my, my debut. I have been referenced, or at least a story that I had written before was referenced about a year ago when one of my biggest scoops when I was at Fintech Global, which was uh, that Revolut failed to hijack a monster Twitter thread. It's a big, big, big scoop. <laughs> but, um, so like I said, my name is Eric Johansson. I am the technology editor at Verdict.co.uk, which is a publication owned by Global Data, which is a research and analyst co company. And what we do is that we try to decrypt all the big complex technology stories of the day, whether that is the ongoing cyber attacks against global supply chains or the Beijing's ongoing crack crackdown of its technology sector, or like I'm sure we're going to talk about today, about the buy now, pay later sector. So that's a little bit what I do. Nice, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, super, super busy show. Lots of great stories. I think great to have you in person. Um, and I think we're looking forward to, uh, 
yeah, getting your takes on all those stories as we go through. So, um, also making their FinTech Insider debut, we have Douglas McKenzie, who's the Chief Content Officer at FinTech Finance. Douglas, thank you very much as well for joining us. What should our listeners know about uh, FinTech Finance? Well, uh, Ross Guerra, thank you so much for, for having me on. I think the, the one thing you know we want to get across over at FinTech Finance is uh, you know, we, we cover uh, you know, on our, our video podcast uh, three times a week um, and various different episodes purely all around fi- you know, uh, fintech and, and finance. And so, yeah, if, if you're in the industry, yeah, check us out and uh, yeah, come watch a video. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, Douglas. Great to have you with us as well. Um, and last, but of course, by no means least, um, we have Gustavo Brigato, uh, founder and editor-in-chief uh, at Startups. Gustavo, great to have you here again in this sort of big week for uh, Brazilian fintech in particular. Um, can you give us a quick overview of uh, your website, Startups? Sure, of course. Uh, thank you, thank you for having me here. Uh, uh, first, uh, startups.com.br is. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a journalist turned into an entrepreneur. I've uh, been covering startups and technology for too long. Not so gonna say any dates, but uh, I think I was beaten by the. Uh, all the the hype and the, the 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 thing about startups and you know being a founder. I do, I don't know if I I, I, may, I may regret that because you know it's been a year and it's tough. Uh, and they they never tell you that they'll never tell you how hard it is. But uh, the it's it's been doing the uh, it's been great, uh, great experience covering uh, the startup scene here in Brazil and soon soon enough as soon as again get some traction more traction in Latam because uh, you know we have a booming ecosystem uh, everybody wants to be here at least that's what we think uh, so you, you're gonna tell me if it, that's that's true uh, and uh, uh, that's it if, if you want to know what's going on just check startups.com.br yeah, I know for sure. And I think one big story this week in particular to sort of uh, illustrate all that's happening um, over there at the moment as well. So I think, yeah, really looking forward to getting your takes on that one. Um, and with that, uh, let's get into it. So our first story this week comes from Reuters and uh, concerns Brazil's new bank uh, targeting over $50 billion valuation in their US IPO. So new bank, which was last valued at $30 billion, after a funding round led by Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, is expected to list its shares before the end of the year. Last week, Newbank said it had submitted paperwork for its IPO to U.S. regulators. In a regulatory filing, Newbank said it plans to sell about 289 million shares to raise over $3 billion in its IPO. Newbank has set a price range between $10 and $11 a share. At that size, the flotation will rank as one of the biggest of the year in the U.S., Newbank began as an issuer of credit cards that charge no annual fee and has since gained more than 48 million customers, which is staggering. It's akin to the population of Spain. They have since launched other products, including checking accounts and loans. So, Gustavo, I don't think there's anywhere else really on this story that we could start this week. Um, great to get just your sort of uh, your takes on this and I guess what you think it means for Brazilian fintech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's what we we've all been waiting for. I mean, uh, I've been following uh, New Bank and uh, David Ellis, the founders, since 2015. Uh, but they 
they they began in 2013. They they were they, they were, were the the first batch or uh, one of the first generation of fintechs in Brazil. Uh, the movement here down here started around 2012 with with Creditas, which is a credit. Uh, fintech um, and other other companies, and I mean, New Bank really leaded the pack. I mean, what what they did, they first they started as a credit card and first for the uh, what, what we call Faria Limers, uh, which are the, the people who live or who work in the financial services, uh, financial banking industry in Brazil, uh, which is like the the city in, in London. So it's a, it's. A, Really big street where all the banks are and all the 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 the, the, the people that work in financial uh, banking industry uh, are there. So uh, they're they're known as the Faria. The, the, this this avenue is known as Avenida Faria Lima, and who works there? Who works there? Of the Faria Limers. Um, they started there, small group. You know, really. Oh, you use the 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 purple credit card. Oh, you're so cool. And all the uh, and they had a waiting list, and then. Uh, uh, I think it was around 2016, maybe they really. Uh, that's when they really jumped and uh, started uh, uh, giving uh, giving giving cards to to more people and went went down to more B class, C class, uh, uh, under underbanked people. Uh, you know, and what what they brought was really the the, the startup feeling in, in, in the, the breaking breaking barriers because here in Brazil uh, it's really it's really hard to have a, a bank account to have a credit card and getting a new bank card was really easy uh, you just needed a re- someone to reference you to uh, you know I was, once I was uh, I was in a, in a restaurant using my, my my card and someone approached me and said oh you have one do you have an invitation can you send me an invitation out of the blue, and you know that's the sort of hype they created, and everybody wanted to have a a, a purple card uh, because it was easy, was free, and uh, that's that's what they are building on. Uh, I, I I think that 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 virality point is 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 something that really registers. I know we've seen it. Um, with with Monzo in the past as well, sort of great anecdotes around Monzo cards and that hot coral and sort of it being almost a sort of beacon. Um, you know, it gets used in bars and people kind of go, ooh, that's interesting, or I've got one of those and it becomes this sort of insider club. But Douglas, I mean, that um that sort of expansion, that that growth, that that emergence for for New Bank away from the people sort of, I guess, the 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 Canary Wharf or the city equivalents as we know them here in the UK, out to that sort of mass appeal is uh is really incredible. I guess they're uh just their growth to those customer numbers, like we said, 48 million, I mean, are really incredible, right? Yeah, and especially considering it's uh, a, a nation which is, uh, you know, as Gustavo, you were saying as well, is so underbanked to then have that, that explosion in the banking scene shows that there's demand for it. And if anything, um, it kind of puts the established banks to shame the fact that people have been obviously crying out for uh, all these banking products, banking services, and they have just been a will, you know, woefully ignored for decades, hundreds of years. And suddenly, it takes one organisation to come along and be able to implement a, a slick card, a purple card, and suddenly people are talking about it on the street. And you know, it speaks 
you know, volumes about how a bank can actually be a brand. I mean, you know, we all talk about, and it goes into embedded finance there, it's a whole different topic, but you, know, you can look at a bank and people get very protective now, uh, especially here in, in the UK, it's like, are oh, you Revolut, Monzo, Starling. Um, and I feel like maybe the traditional banks across the world, not just in Brazil, have just ignored that. that people can actually follow just in the same way that you know, we can follow a brand like your, your favorite type of uh, shoe brand. I'm pretty sure we're going to start seeing that with our favorite type of bank, banking brand. And, and it's really exciting to see new bank kind of um, really tap into that market. Yeah, I love I love that idea that um, yeah, what what you said about the the fact that it's created brands and then it's it's almost sort of built that brand av- advocacy and, and you know yeah, it does create that sort of like that rivalry almost like I'm Starling, I'm Revolut, I'm Monzo. But but Guerra, keen to get your thoughts because um, we've touched on it a little bit, um, but you know, New Bank is sort of driving, I guess, at the heart a little bit of sort of financial exclusion, but it's a really difficult problem to solve, right? Um, yeah, so I think definitely banking, like financial inclusion has been a buzzword for so long. Uh, and it's kind of been seen as this thing that's like almost like a CSR type thing. But like financial inclusion is big money. Like it's, you know, like new bank having a valuation in the B's, let alone the, the tens of B's. Like that's huge. So I think that like um, they've figured out how to find product market fit, not only just product market fit, um, which is, you know, including people in the economy, but also in an under, like severely underserved market equals like blitz scaling, like insane growth. And, you know, I think we're going to see the rise of, of the global South and LATAM and Africa as well, but our next story as well. I don't want to, don't want to give too many, too much away, but it's, it's an exciting time. And, and with this 50, 50 B dollar valuation, uh, new bank is now worth more than uh, traditional banks in Brazil. Uh, it's Combined, the most, sure. will be the most valuable bank in, 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 in LATAM, in the region. I mean, from in less than ten years, serving the underbanked, and and now the, the funny thing is there are a, a few other fintechs uh, coming out, playing uh, on where new bank is left le- uh, is lefting out. I mean, uh, focusing the northeast, focusing the young people. So now new bank is the new player to be challenged. Uh, new, uh, new fintechs are trying to challenge new bank in, in its own ground. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny, isn't it? That that transition from being the challenger to them being the incumbent and being the one that everybody's going after. Um, where you sort of mentioned um, how I guess financial inclusion and solving for financial inclusion in particular is sort of big money. I mean, um, in its latest filing, we know that New Bank sort of lifted the veil on its finances for the first time, and you know it's sort of illustrated there. I mean, its revenues nearly doubled to one point zero six billion in the nine months ended September 30. So um, that in itself is very insightful. And it shows that there is a huge opportunity here. I'm interested, um, maybe Gustavo or whoever wants to jump in on this, it sort of plays on your point, um, Gustavo, like, is there enough room for other challenges to also come in, compete to play in this space? And is that sort of opportunity there as well to challenge New Bank? Yeah, I, th- I think there is. There may be. Uh, I don't know how, how how much that will cost now. Uh, I, I, maybe maybe you can help you can help me with that. Uh, in the in the filing, they say their their cost of acquisition is five dollars 
uh, I, I don't know. You, you can maybe help me. Is that low? Is that high? Some people say it's really low, so they can attract customers really uh, very, uh, very cheaply. Uh, and they have the brand. And now uh, for a new player to come, uh, I, I don't remember how much New Bank raised throughout the years, but it was re really more than billion, uh, to maybe $2 billion, something like that. So to build a new new bank, it will be will cost a lot of money. And uh, maybe and maybe the, the thing is now he uh, new bank is the the new place uh, company to be challenged. But now with this size, it will become a, a bank, right? Uh, it will have to go through the the same regulation as big banks go. Uh, they are still uh, in the uh, second league, let's put it this way, not in the, the full license. They don't, don't have a full banking license. Uh, so they'll have to go that way. So they'll have to be, uh, they'll have to comply with more uh, uh, more regulation. There's a uh, pressure from big banks. Uh, we have the, the association of the big banks. It's called Febraban. Uh, they're pressing for more uh, uh, equality in regulation. They're, they're complaining that fintechs have, you know, uh, free free tickets for, to do whatever they want. But it's, it's different. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, I, I'd love to ask them when uh, would you have uh, chosen to create a new bank back in the '60s, back in the '90s, or today? They would. They'll certainly say today. So, they, 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 I, I, well, I find that interesting because didn't Bradesco? Uh, they've launched their speedboat bank next. Um, yep. They've also then bought Digio. So they they the establishment there are obviously seeing market share. Um, and I love that what you're saying, Gustavo. Like, yo, if you actually ask them, yo, if New Bank hadn't come along, would you actually have been making these plays? Would you actually be making these moves? Never. Yeah. And it's such a yeah. They obviously would now. And yeah, I think that as I was saying, the establishment are really yeah. going after it now. And 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 Eric, I mean, I know you wrote on this for Verdict, so really keen to sort of bring you in and get your your thoughts on this. I mean, you kind of get the point that Silva and, and Douglas were talking about. We are of course now seeing the incumbent banks trying to move into the digital space. Not sure how successful that will be because we've, we've, see, we've seen the incumbents trying to do that in the UK. I mean, Bo went really well, didn't it? Didn't it? This had disappeared after, after, after six months after an absolute plethora of bad, bad news and bad press yes, because they couldn't cut, cut it. So it's going to be interesting to see how the incumbents are de dealing, dealing with it. No, completely agree. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not an easy... An easy challenge for sure. Um, I am going to take us from one booming uh, market for fintech in LATAM uh, through to our next story, which illustrates uh, another one in uh, Africa. So this story comes from TechCrunch, and it concerns Chipper Cash getting its $2 billion valuation with a $150 million extension round led by FTX. So Chipper Cash is an African cross-border payments company, and it has raised $150 million in a Series C extension round. The round was led by cryptocurrency exchange platform FTX. The investment comes barely six months after Chipper Cash closed its first Series C round of $100 million, which was led by SVB Capital. Ham Serenjogi founded Chipper Cash with Majid Mujalid in 2018 to offer a no-fee peer-to-peer cross-border payment service in Africa via its app. And its services are now used across seven African countries, Ghana, Uganda, Nigeria, Tanzania, Rwanda, South Africa, and Kenya. 
So this year, Chipper Cash is also expanded into both the UK and the US. To find out a little bit more about this funding and how it's being used, we spoke to Hassan Luongo, VP of Global Marketing at Chipper Cash. This is Hassan Luongo from Chipper Cash. We're happy to announce that we've just raised $150 million in a Series C extension round led by Sam Bankman Fried's cryptocurrency exchange platform, FTX, propelling us forward on our journey. Chipper's raised over $350 million to date, and the latest round set the company valuation at over $2 billion. Earlier this year, we launched in the UK and now in the US in September, 20, in September 2021 to open up the biggest remittance markets in Africa, and we just launched South Africa in late August. We're also giving our customers the ability to send money from Africa to the US and the UK. We believe that to truly serve Africa, you have to build for the world. While we're super excited about these new markets, we're deeply committed to improving core reliability across the continent and deepening our partnerships with regulators across all markets to further reduce the cost of sending money anywhere. We expect to continue growing very fast across P2P money transfers and remittances while expanding the Chipper Visa card and investment products in our core markets and expansion markets for 2022. We have a major announcement for Uganda on November 11th regarding our fractional stocks product, our team is working hard to launch new countries and corridors as quickly as possible. Additionally, with the latest funding, 2022 will bring continued expansion across the continent and other major remittance markets. Chipper's hiring across all teams with lots of great global remote opportunities. Yeah, that was great. Lots of information there. Um, Guerra, I know um, this is a sort of market in an area that you're uh, particularly interested in. So keen to sort of bring you in first and get your thoughts on this one. Yeah, first of all, it, I'm, it's really exciting. Uh, on a personal note, like it's a Ugandan-led, uh, I'm Ugandan, so a Ugandan unicorn is pretty exciting. Um, so yeah, I think, first of all, you refer, we refer to them as a cross-border payments company. I think we should throw that name out the window. These guys are kind of turning into a bit of a neobank. Like their products, they're already a wallet, you know, they're already allowing, they're, they're planning to allow like both ways, like uh, two-way remittances, which is like, unheard of and you know i think uh and tanzanian founder benji fernandez once said um send a hundred dollars to someone on the african continent and then try and send it back in the same day um impossible it's very hard to do or at least send it back in the same day at like without spending a crazy amount on fees so i think i think this is very exciting for for um chipper cash i'm um, I do have, I, I, I do think that the FTX partner or at least FTX investment is very apt. It makes a lot of sense. Um, FTX is kind of the it girl in America in terms of crypto. They've, they've brought crypto into the mainstream with their, uh, Tom Brady ad during the Super Bowl. Um, Chipper Cash has kind of done the same thing as well. You know, there's, they're, they're, they've been kind of toying with crypto. Um, I mean, in Nigeria, it's been tough because, for example, Nigeria has, has banned crypto, but like it's, you know, pre open market across the rest of the continent. It's unserved. Um, so I think, you know, they've partnered with Burna Boy and Kansime Ann, like these are African, uh, celebrities. So definitely trying to tap into the mainstream. Um, and then this, this announcement around fractional stocks is really interesting. So, um, retail stock trading, big, big, big in, in the, in the US and the global north. Um, there's a lot of appetite from in the global south, but there's just so many barriers to, to like, um, enabling us to including people in that. So I think like their entry into Uganda is very cool, especially with on the, off the heels of MTN, a large telco releasing, uh, their, 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 uh, retail stock, uh, product MIPO. 
Um, so Uganda seems to be the the hot market for that. But um, I, I do have I do have one criticism for them about them. So uh, Chipper Cash, while I'm very excited about about this this news and this growth, they are heinously non-compliant in in, in from from what I can see. Um, and that's not a, not not anything bad for them. I think it's they're doing their very best. I think it's just a very highly fragmented market. The African continent is 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 uh, you know fifty four countries. That's a fifty four different regulators you need to deal with. Um, so you know, for example, they on the, they're listed as working in Kenya and and uh, and Tanzania as well, but people aren't able to open accounts there, and that's likely due to regulatory issues. So with this money, I think that they're going to really spend a lot of time and effort in bolstering their legal risk compliance functions to enable that growth. And this money also gives them the the, the size that lets them like engage with regulators. Query your, um, I love you sort of excitement on this. It's great. And it, it, it really comes across and it is really exciting. I think, um, you know, your let's, you know, it's good to, it's good to sort of, I guess, frame that in, in, in some sense of reality, right. And, and sort of set out some of the, the, the challenges, um, particularly in the markets that they're operating in. And of course, regulatory uh, compliance will be a big one, you know, and, and certainly in relation to the to the fragmentation that you mentioned. But I loved I loved what you said about um, let's not put them in the cross-border payments box um, because I guess, Eric, I'll throw to you on this, but it feels like there's huge opportunity here beyond simply cross-border payments. Now, of course, of course, it's essentially a reflection of the seeing in Latin America and across Africa that there is a massive underbanked population and on the service section, and whether where there is people, where there are people that haven't been able to access these kind of digital banking services, well, there is profit to be made, so there is a massive opportunity. Uh, but like, but, but like Vera said, there's also a massive cha- challenge to comply with regulation. So it's going to be interesting to see how they de- how they deal with that, especially in such a fragmented market as the African continent. So yeah, it's going to be in- interesting. I yeah, I I, I completely agree. Um, and there's no point sort of um, understating the size of that challenge. But Douglas, you know, what does it sort of tell us? I guess in terms of how fintech and sort of digital financial services is kind of taking off in the African continent? Well, I think it shows a, a massive, massive jump, doesn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, to, to jump on the back of what Eric was saying, I think um, I was doing a, an interview about uh, a payments company over in Nigeria and 30% of the population there is is not um, is banked. So, uh, yeah, the if you think about that, that market share, it's huge, but it, it goes to show just how exciting the innovations are and, and maybe some of the innovations can come about because of that, that kind of loose regulatory um, ecosystem. Um, and I think as a result, what we're going to see is more examples of this increasing um, exponentially. Um, and uh, well, I for one, I'm really excited to see what kind of companies we see out of that that ecosystem. Douglas, just so I understand, did you say that 30% is banked? So would that mean that 70% is unbanked? Uh, 35% of Nigerians have bank accounts. Apologies. For, uh, yeah. So again, points points to the scale of uh, of the problem there. And like you said, I mean, a real a real opportunity there to be innovative, like we've seen, I guess, Gustavo. New Bank in Brazil, right? How they've how they've sort of tackled that problem around financial exclusion. 
Yeah, and it's it's great to hear from Guerra uh, what what she said. Is if if you change Africa to Latam, it's the same. The scenario is just the same. It's really interesting to see uh, how much opportunity, how much money is, is there to be made, uh, and uh, the fact that uh, when they when cheaper cash uh, moves from a uh, from a from a, pay, uh, a payment company to a a bank. And that's what I mean. That's what everybody is trying to do, right? Even even new bank, uh, they they uh, cut a, a deal with MS Online, which is a, a cheaper cash uh, from from Brazil. And maybe at some point they'll just buy uh, a, 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 a cross border tra transfers company because you know you you need that, right? If if you're going to uh, your customers ask for that, so you need more and more and more and more, and then you keep adding stuff. You can do it through the ecosystem, but if you own the thing, you you're better off. Uh, so it's it's interesting because uh, all for me, all the fintechs are gonna be be looking the same in about five years because they're all gonna have digital wallets, they're going to have bank accounts, they're going to have uh, uh, cross-border, they're going to have international accounts. They're all going to look the same. And it, this, this is going to be a new chapter and a new interesting chapter. Yeah, I love that point. But I guess um, what's interesting is sort of like the, 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 the steps on that journey to getting there, right? And sort of like the innovative ways that they approach solving these real customer problems. And I love stories like this on the show, right? you know, super positive. They really sort of serve to highlight how innovation is being applied to actually solving for real sort of customer problems, right, but also societal problems. Guerra, keen to get your thoughts on like, uh, what does this do or sort of um, how does this shape how you feel your optimism or otherwise, I guess, around bit like African fintech more generally? We've seen, you know, lots of movements sort of Stripe investing in wave at like a 1.7 billion valuation. So we're starting to see some big numbers there. It seems like lots is happening. Yeah, there's lots happening. There's so much money floating around. Um, I think that this is, this is, this year 2021 has been a big year for African fintech. Um, but I want to just zero in on, on one small thing, which is actually not a small thing, which is the, the crypto element. So having FTX invest, um, like, you know, we talked about the regulatory challenges and I don't think those regulatory challenges are going to go away anytime soon. I think that um, in Africa and the global South, you know, we've leapfrogged a lot of uh, what's happened in the, in the global North. Um, and that leapfrogging is what has a lot enabled us to build our, like our own products. So M-Pesa in Kenya, for example, I think that they're potentially going to use like crypto to leapfrog banking, traditional banking as we see it, um, to, to leapfrog the like currency devaluation, uh, the corruption that we see in, in the governments on the continent, and just like really just brings like enable people to be included in, in economies and international economies as well. So it is an exciting time. It's a really like I hate the word innovation because everyone uses it. But like they're actually innovating. So it's really cool to see this. Yeah, and I think it's such a great call out um, the potential that crypto has to play in this space when you sort of uh, when you start to think forward, um, and one that we'll absolutely be keeping our eye on. Okay, um, on that, I am going to move us on to just a quick break uh, while you hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back shortly. Banks need to adopt a cloud-first approach. When you consider all the benefits that cloud-based systems offer, it should be a no-brainer. Banks can work faster and smarter to deliver market-leading services at scale. Read more about moving to the cloud in our latest report, 
in association with Encino. Just head to bit.ly forward slash cloud banking report. Customers expect more from their digital experience and their personal finance is no exception. BlueShift empowers fintechs and financial institutions to create secure customer profiles and intentional, relevant experiences for customers. Whether in-app, on-site, in-branch, or anywhere else, BlueShift's Smart Hub CDP helps brands like LendingTree and ClearScore turn data into personalized experiences that increase retention, satisfaction, and revenue. Learn more about BlueShift at blueshift.com forward slash 11FS. There is a better way to hire internationally, and it starts with deal. Everything from contract creation, record keeping, payments, and full-time employment is all in one place for teams all over the world. Companies anywhere can hire compliantly everywhere, thanks to deal. It's payroll and compliance built for today's worldwide workforce. To learn more, visit letsdeal forward slash 11FS. That's letsdeal, D-E-E-L, dot com forward slash 11fs and redeem an exclusive offer of three months free when you hire a contractor and 20% for your first year when you hire an employee. Uh, okay, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm going to move us straight on to our next story, which comes from AltFi. Um, eco-conscious debit card Echo launches on the first day of COP26. As world leaders gathered in Glasgow for COP26, a new green debit card has been launched. Echo is a climate-friendly debit card app and platform that is helping consumers fight climate change one step at a time. For every five transaction, the new fintech pays for ocean-bound plastic bottle to be collected, and every 50 transactions pays for a new tree to be planted and maintained. Echo's launch is supported by its recent crowdfunding efforts on Cedars, which saw it raise over £450,000 in an overfunded round in September 2021. Powered by MasterCard, Echo is the first UK fintech to become a priceless planet coalition partner, with the new initiative for MasterCard aiming to restore 100 million trees by 2025. To find out more about Echo, we spoke to the company co-founder, Ollie Cook, about the idea behind their new debit card. We're super excited to have launched Echo on Google and Apple Store this week. But what are we all about? Well, we're trying to solve the problem, which I personally face all the time when it comes to climate change. I really want to do more, but I don't know how, and I can often find it quite intimidating. And, you know, as it turns out, the majority of the UK feel exactly the same. We all know that we need to change behaviour, but changing behaviour is hard. Sustained change behaviour is even harder. So Echo is all about starting your own personal journey on sustainability, whereby just living your life, you'll be doing good in the world. And that can be the first step to changing your whole relationship with climate change. So with us, we're a debit card. Every time you tap that debit card, you'll be planting trees, you'll be saving plastic from entering our oceans. And we want people to be able to see that they can make a difference. So in our app, you can track your own personal forest that you've planted and see the number of bottles that you have saved from entering the ocean. And then we'll also show you your carbon footprint from the things you've bought and allow you to offset this straight away. So you get to see and understand your impact, but then also see the little changes can start to add up. And we hope that over time, this will help people want to do more. I guess our ultimate goal is to help change the relationship people have with climate change into one where everyone can start to do their bit then 
over time will help you find more ways to make a difference and make being sustainable a natural part of your daily life. Okay, yeah, no, lots of lots of really great insight there. Um, I think this is a really interesting story. Of course, I don't expect that the timing is coincidental. Eric, I guess the one thing that I really took away from our cutaway there was um, the idea that behavior change is hard, so don't change your behavior. Well, yeah, it's really hard. This is not the first company of this kind that, that we've seen. I mean, we saw earlier this year, Tree card, a UK UK-based debit card that had a tree-based card that and then planted trees. So we have seen this kind of company, kind of effort before. We've seen Starling doing it. We've seen the Dutch neobank Bank Bank do it. And it's you know, I applaud it, applaud the effort, but I'm not sure this is how we're gonna solve the environmental crisis that we're heading towards. Because like yeah, it, for every fifty transaction, we're gonna collect. One plastic bottom bound for for Atlantic, that seems small. And I also I <laughs> after after you just ex- exact, exactly exactly, uh, but also I I had I may also be slightly biased because just a month ago I had the pleasure of t- talking with a man called John Kellett. John Kellett is the founder of a company called Mister Trash Wheel. And it's exactly what it does it intend. It's a big robot at, in the harbor of Baltimore that collects trash, which means plastic bottles and all of that. And he's been he's been doing this for ten years, collecting tons and tons upon tons of plastic and debris. The and one big African African snake, and he's saying that he's not doing much. What needed is regulation. That's how you solve this issue. You need, you can, you, these kind of efforts are great to raise awareness, but it's not really going to solve that issue. For that, we should probably turn to the guys who was in Glasgow this week. Yeah, no, look, I think it's, um, it's a really important call out. It's a really important point. Um, and we were going to get there eventually. I mean, I think all of our guests, I can see on the, the video feed here, we're, we're sort of nodding in agreement, Eric. So I'm, I'm almost torn around who to, uh, who to sort of throw to. I think, Gustavo, you were nodding are probably maybe most furiously, <laughs> but I, I, I think the sense that, or sort of maybe where we're all agreeing is that this doesn't really go towards solving the, the root of the problem, right? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with Eric. Raise awareness, but I mean, practically, do nothing. <laughs> What's the what's the effect? I mean, it's not it's gonna not gonna remove any bottles from the ocean. Uh, you know, all the, the 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 things in the ocean. I mean, it, it will only make people feel. Uh, uh, it's like donate to to support uh, children that are starving in Africa. Oh, right, I saved a child. No, you did it. You just donated ten dollars or whatever. You didn't save anyone. <laughs> so I've got to I've got to disagree with this guys. Uh I see I think I'm of the, the you know the mantra that every little helps to, to quote I think Asda. Um and with that I think it's just raising awareness, which is never a bad thing, especially because it's so easy because it's such a tertiary industry to think that banking and payments is actually a you know a carbon neutral you know, activity. Well, actually, you know, if you think every payment, you know, especially in the old times, being done through paper and, and banks like that, and suddenly we're we're thinking, actually, 
finance is at the core of being able to change. And as soon as you start raising awareness uh, to financial heads and, and you know large big business, suddenly sorry, that sounded a bit uh, tin pot mode there, but you suddenly start gaining momentum and. I don't know whether it's just because of my Google searches, but suddenly my YouTube advert history is just eco, eco, eco from Lloyd's, from you know all the large American kind of commercial banks. We're seeing these adverts now to support green initiatives. And I think ESG, uh, environmental, social and governance uh, finance is going to be such a yeah. big contributor. I think I think definitely like, yeah, like raising awareness is, yeah, you're right. Every little bit helps. Um but I think w the, what uh, Gustavo and I and Eric were like nodding about was around this like greenwashing or even like millennial baiting that is kind of let, like the individualism of it all, which I think is, you know, totally fine. But also it, we sh it would be great if, if Echo's listening, it'd be great if they could, if they could do something around, um, govern, around regulatory engagement, around, uh, you know, governance and on all that and, um, really like tackling the, the like, eco-industrial complex and like the eco-imperialism that's going on i feel like i'm getting on a soapbox <laughs> but uh like for example like small things like carbon offsets carbon offsetting is like not sustainable like there's populations that are suffering based on the like super like servicey kind of work that carbon offsets do okay cool echo should make an effort to to show that their show their customers that they're actually making meaningful change but yeah i totally agree with you. i think that um the debit card uh is is a is a great it's in everyone's wallet it's a great place to start uh these kinds of conversations so if anyone from echo is listening or if anyone from you know the british government is listening like get your shit together please <laughs> <laughs> one bank I, i've spoke uh spoken to is aspiration over in the states and i think they actually go one step further where you can you can track your carbon footprint and not just offset it but proactively um, go one step further, and and uh, yeah, I can't, I can't go in, in, into specifics because I can't can't remember them off the top of my head. But um, yeah, some of the work that they're doing is is isn't just every time you make a payment. Yeah, you know, as as you know, you you for have you know said it doesn't actually go uh, very far just to remove one bowl from the ocean. But I think with with a card like that, you can actually. Um, manage your, your carbon footprint in a, in a very interesting way, in a way more proactive way. I mean, I think all of us kind of agreeing that we are not saying that Echo is doing something bad. We're not, we're not dissing that. We're all in agree agreement that this yeah. effort <laughs> is, a good, is a good effort, that they, they should be do, doing what they're doing. I think what we're all kind of agree, kind of saying is they themselves may not solve the problem that we have with uh, the environmental crisis, um, but also, yeah, uh, as, a, as, a, as a founder, he has to say that, right? Yeah, exa solve exactly. The problem, I mean, you know, someone there has a very good, uh, do, doing the, is doing their marketing and know when to time it. We know that. Uh, but we also kind of know that planting tree, trees in a way that you kind of have to do to counteract deforestation, well, it's a drop in the ocean to counter the amount of deforestation and biological. Uh, uh, variety that we see, see, see well, we can't have to cover an area the size of Australia with trees, which I'm fairly certain that Echo. But if if they obviously get market share, Eric, and then suddenly the other large traditional institutions are looking and seeing that, suddenly if if that's right, and for instance, saying with TreeCard, it's in the name. 
those, you know, it, it's suddenly, yeah, you can see maybe it, it will have a knock-on effect, not bet between like consumers and, and individuals, but actually maybe some of the larger institutions might, might pay attention. Okay, um, I am going to move us on to our next story, which comes from Verdict, um, with a great headline. Uh, Kleiner sets collision course with Amazon in reported $1 billion price runner deal. So buy now, pay later specialist Kleiner has closed a deal to acquire the price comparison platform Price Runner in a move to bring enhanced app features to Kleiner shoppers. The financial details remain undisclosed, but Swedish financial title Breakit is reporting the figure to be 9 billion Swedish kroner, which is roughly about $1.05 billion. Headquartered in Sweden and launched in 1999, Price Runner will bring multiple new features to Kleiner users, including product reviews product discovery, and price comparisons. The purchase gives a glimpse of the kind of one-stop shopping company the Swedish fintech certainly has an eye on becoming. Uh, David Falk, uh, Kleiner's chief product officer, said the acquisition further cements that Kleiner will not be a marketplace, but instead a viable and competitive alternative for retail partners versus Amazon, Google, and Facebook. The acquisition is pending regulatory approval, and Kleiner expects to conclude the deal by the end of the first quarter in 2022. Eric, obviously, um, makes sense to come from come to you on this one, kind of considering where the, the stories come from. Uh, so, uh, what were your uh, what were your thoughts on this one when you uh, when you first heard it? Well, it kind of just highlights the trend that we've been seeing for, for over, the, over the past year or even even, even longer, where we're seeing these big. Uh, buy now, pay later companies like Klarna moving moving beyond just doing installment payments and actually becoming trying to take control of the entire sh shopping ex experience. So, and it makes sense that they're now targeting Amazon uh, or, or, or in Google because those are the guys that have that kind of market share already. So it makes sense. And at risk, it's sounding a little bit like a, a kid at a schoolyard. I mean, Google started this. Because Google and Amazon and Facebook have already gone into the fintech space, so it makes sense for Klarna to try and steal their their lunch money. Yeah, so uh, tit for tat. I I I like that. Uh, I like that analogy, Douglas. How um, how concerned will uh, the big tech companies be about uh, this recent move from Klarna? I don't think they will be too concerned. I I think uh, <laughs> they will obviously be, it'll be noticing, but I. I almost feel that the narrative is almost the other way around, where you know, the, the banks and, and payment companies like Klarna need to be thinking: Are the the e-commerce sites, the tech giants, going to be coming the other way and in, into to finance a bit more and and looking at that? Um, that's the kind of I, I think that's the kind of uh, paradigm, or at least the narrative that that I think Klarna is probably thinking about um, in, in a, a more uh, thinking about them more. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, my sense with this one is that actually, it's 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 probably less dramatic than the headlines suggest, right? I mean, we've seen Klarna go from you know a uh, a buy now pay later, essentially a payment option, a payment button hosted on third party e commerce sites, um, to to sort of bringing the origination at least of those shopping experiences into their own app, um, and you know that sort of that sort of purchasing journey you know, now sort of originates within their own app. So this seems like the next logical step um, for Kleiner. Guerra, what were your, uh, what were your, what was your read? What were your thoughts when you sort of, uh, you read this one? 
I think, you know, expanding their product like features is always a good thing. Like I think Klarna's on course to become the, a juggernaut, right? Like they're, they may be having some reg issues, a little bit of public opinion stuff going on, but you know, this deal is going to bring new features like product reviews, product discovery, price comparison, you know, to, into Klarna's app. Like it's going to boost, I think for everyone really like, so everything from product discovery to like, you know, make ensuring that customers convert. Like I am kind of excited by this. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's going to, it's, it's going to be a win-win in my opinion. Yeah. But you raise a really interesting tension, right? Like, um, $45 billion in terms of their most recent valuation. I mean, it's staggering. Like I've lost any sense of perspective on, on some of these numbers that we're seeing coming out for these companies like, um, like Lana in terms of valuations, but it's not all been smooth sailing, right? I mean, in terms of like, you know, buy now, pay later, the press coverage has not been universally positive. Um, and, and, and to some degrees, I'd, I'd, I'd go so far as to say it's actually been relatively toxic. Um, I guess, Gustavo, do, do you feel like this is a step in a direction where Kleiner can start to move away solely from that buy now, pay later tag and, and maybe start to, to move away from some of that negative publicity by building out that sort of uh, their proposition and their offering? What what thing? Just uh, the context, some context about Brazil and uh, and all, all we've been hearing about buy now, pay later. Now, uh, you know, for the past I know, year to past two years, it's it's really funny because we've been doing buy, buy now, pay later for since the sixties, since since the fifties. Uh, our retail, retail in Brazil, as as we would say, uh, uh, we have uh, a really uh, regulated finance system, uh, a lot of unbanked people, and the retailers actually had to give credit so people could buy. So retailers in Brazil are uh, uh, work like banks. They Make more. Some of them make more money uh, with uh, with loans than uh, selling boxes. So it's really interesting to see that everybody is finding out about buy now pay later, and it's something that you know why why pay something in advance. I mean, you you can you can pay installments. Brazilians don't don't pay things in advance. They only pay installments. So it's something that's been going on here for a long time. And uh, I think uh, to to the story, uh, I think it goes down. It goes back to to my point about fintechs. And everybody has to do. Uh, it seems like everybody has to do everything. And these valuations, as I said, forty five billion dollar, fifty billion dollar, hundred billion dollars, are based on the fact that you know in the future this company will be so big, will do so much stuff that will uh, will have you know so much advantage against uh, 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 against uh, competitors that will be a big business a huge business so I, I don't know I, st I still don't uh, I, f I think it's a you know it's a logical step they have to do that you know customers ask for that as, as I said if you have a, 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 a credit card if, if you're a fintech with a credit card you're gonna need an account you're gonna need loans you're gonna need you know all the, the 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 ingredients, but I know as a company, is it really what you have to do? I mean, do you have to go bigger and bigger and bigger and keep adding stuff all the time? I I I I, I challenge that. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, and 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 look, they certainly are going bigger. I mean, we've seen huge announcements recently in relation to Klarna that sort of point towards you know massive routes to scale, right? So we've seen 
the, the, the sort of recent announcement of that partnership with Stripe that's going to allow sort of any number of retailers to easily add that option for, for buy now, pay later, but then also sort of bringing um, that uh, shopping uh, experience, that feature sort of in-app, um, you know, the sort of pay now feature in the UK, so just moving moving more broadly into payments rather than simply just pay later. Um, yeah, jump in. Well, I was just going to say, is this a sign that the, because obviously uh, a couple of the um, the challenge banks in the UK, for instance, Monzo Flex, um, Curve Flex, I think as well, um, they're, they're also moving into the buy now, pay later market. And there's no longer this you know, hegemony in Europe from Klarna. You don't really, I mean, it's still whenever you think buy now, pay later, you think Klarna. But how long is that going to last? And are they seeing where the wind's blowing, for instance, as we're saying, with all these challenges coming in and actually just offering the same service, PayPal, obviously, as well on the tech side of things as well? Are they now realizing, actually, let's stay in the retail side rather than the kind of finance, uh, finance side and do where we started from, which is that, that retailer uh, connection? Yeah, Eric, really keen to get your thoughts on that. I think you're absolutely right because we are all seeing a lot of com- companies moving into the buy now pay later space. It feels like every week there is another company announcing that they're moving into installments. Like you mentioned Monso, we have seen Curve, who I understand were a bit irrit- irritated that Monso was calling calling their I think Flex as well. Uh, but we also have rumors about Revolut go moving into this, and then we have the, Dan- the Danish challenger bank Lunar Bank, who has already moved into this, and then we have PayPal and Mastercard and so and so on and so forth. So it feels like if you are in a, one of these big companies in the binopulator, like Klarna is, it, they kind of have to diversify because otherwise they will become a feature that everybody else already has. It's the same reason, I suspect, uh, to talking to an- analysts, analysts today, why Square is so keen on acquiring Afterpay. Afterpay provides a, good, a very good, good and well-known BM, BMPL service. And, it's, and acquiring, acquiring it allows Square to add that good, good well-known service and the partnerships that uh, Afterpay have to their service. So I think that installments is something that we are going, going to see, see, see more of. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and the, the thing I like most or the thing that I'm most interested in um, on your point, Eric, is in terms of how this is going to play out, I think we're going to get a sense around how important consumer trust is in terms of um, who wins in this space long term. But I think also, right, the importance of sort of brand permission. Um, and are people more likely to trust a Monzo Flex style product um, versus Kleiner, et cetera, those sort of first movers in that, that, this new wave of the BMPL space and maybe some of the, the negative publicity that they faced as a result. So one to keep an eye on um, for sure. I am going to move us on uh, from there on to our stories that we didn't have time to cover. Um, I cannot believe that we are already at this stage of the show. This seems to have gone really quickly. Um, okay, uh, so for this part of the show, uh, we quickly round up some of the other stories from the week that we sadly didn't have time to cover, but that absolutely still deserve a shout out. So Guerra, I'm going to hand over to you to take us through the first one of these. Absolutely. So this is from Finextra, uh, ING to wind down PayVision. So ING is to shut down PayVision, the controversial international card acquirer and payments platform that the Dutch bank acquired in 2018 for 360 million euros. Uh, so PayVision has been merged in controversy rel- relating to this 
dubious business practices um, undertaken prior to its acquisition by ING. So dubbed the Wirecard of the Nether of the Netherlands, uh, what Payvision has held has been held was held responsible for processing hundreds of millions of euros in payments that were generated uh, from investment scams. Yikes! Uh, so last year, ING sold half of Payvision's operations for a nominal one euro. Um, uh, this part of the business included payments processing for gambling, pornography, uh, customers, including Pornhub, um, leaving it with less profitable online payments processing activities. Uh, so in a statement, ING said, uh, ING has concluded that it is not feasible to achieve its ambitions with PayVision. The aim is to compete, uh, complete the phase out process by the second quarter of 2022. Um, so it sounds like a, an investment that they went in with the best best intentions and um things things didn't turn out so great and you know i think also like there's something there about you know in terms of payments uh, for you know sex work and and um you know i hate that it's it's lumped in with like scams because it is work like people who are who are in those in in that kind of work are excluded from the financial financial industry so sucks to see pay vision i mean i don't know if it's sexy pay vision go but rip is all i can say yeah, that's listen. That's a really, really nice point, um, and not one that you uh, you often hear. So yeah, really, really, really nice perspective on that one. I think. Um, okay, uh, so our next uh, story comes from FinTech Futures. Uh, new UK FinTech Clever uh, launches money management platform for carers. So a new FinTech startup, Clever, has launched a payment system for home care agencies that allows carers to handle expenses for clients using a single card. The platform removes the need for cash and provides oversight of all spending. Every client is given a digital wallet, which can be topped up and monitored by them and their family. Purchases are made on behalf of the client by a carer using a clever MasterCard prepaid debit card and an app which allows them to select which client's wallet they want to spend money from. Clever CMO Tom Bishop says that FinTech aims to save time and hassle for carers, allowing them to spend more time looking after the clients they care for. So, look, I really like this. Um, I think it's a niche proposition, but I think it solves for a very real um, problem for these particular types of consumers, right? I think it's win-win. Um, I think it creates trust on the side of the carer and their family. Um, but I think it also um, protects the carers themselves. Um, so I think these types of propositions, um, you won't always sort of hear about them. But I think in terms of the problems that they solve and the impact that they have, um, I think absolutely huge. All right. Next story is from the FinTech Times. So Greenlight creates a platform for the 45% of parents who are not confident in investing. Greenlight, the company behind a debit card for kids and teens has announced Investing for Parents, a new educational investing platform designed for parents. Uh, so using the Greenlight app, parents will be able to research stocks and ETFs and create their own investment portfolio with fund recommendations based on their goals and start investing with fractional shares for, from as little as $1. Uh, so in-app educational content and research from Morningstar gives parents the resources they need uh, for smart long-term investing. So a recent Greenlight survey found that 52% of parents don't invest because they lack knowledge, but 58% are intimidated by investing. 88% of parents wish they had more investing education earlier in life, and 52% have little to no savings uh, for their children's future. This is so great to start with parents. I think these numbers could actually be mirrored with the rest of the population. Um, financial education, investment, even the concept of compound investing is not taught in schools. So it's great that that uh, they're piggybacking off of um, 
you know, a product that was designed for children uh, for their parents, um, which is really exciting. So good for them. Okay. Our and finally story this week is a good one. Quentin Tarantino to offer seven uncut scenes from Pulp Fiction as NFTs, and that is according to CNBC. Acclaimed film director Quentin Tarantino is auctioning NFTs related to his 1994 cult classic, Pulp Fiction. The NFTs include original handwritten scripts from the film, an exclusive audio commentary from Tarantino himself. The collectibles will be auctioned on NFT marketplace OpenSea. The NFTs are built on the secret network, a blockchain ecosystem that prioritizes privacy. For these unique Pulp Fiction NFTs and for all others auctioned on the platform, the content is only viewable to the NFT owners. In the release, Tarantino said, I'm excited to be presenting these exclusive scenes from Pulp Fiction to fans. Secret Network and Secret NFTs provide a whole new world of connecting fans and artists, and I'm thrilled to be a part of that. Guerra, I'm going to come to you first on this one, both because I think you like NFTs and because this is just fun. What do you think? Um, I love NFTs. I will say that every film bro from my university um, will be yeeting into this or aping into this. Um, I think Quentin Tarantino is like has such a cult following. Um, nearly every man I've ever met that has watched a film is like, I love Tarantino. Uh, so <laughs> this is definitely gonna, I, you know, I would, I would sooner buy as much as I love Birkin bags. I always say that Birkin bag is going to be my investment um, asset. I wouldn't mind if I had a couple hundred thousand dollars to, to buy this NFT. Right. I completely agree. Um, aping into it. I love that. We're going to make it. GM. <laughs> um, <laughs> Douglas, what do you what do you think of this one? I, I think it's just a, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier and the fact that it's um, a brilliant example of, of finance and, and crypto looking at other brands and and um, other um, well, celebrities, for instance, um, Guerra, you're bringing up the celebrities um, in Africa to kind of leverage this technology. And it just shows that um, there's such a huge scope for making finance a bit less kind of uh, stuffy, practical. Um, and suddenly when you get all these kind of use cases, um, it opens the door for the imagination to actually really um, step in. And I'm, I'm quite excited to see where this goes. Also, typical male, uh, a massive Tarantino fan too. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, me too. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I love, I love Guerra's description of like film bros. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Um, <laughs> it felt a little personal. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with it. You just you remind me of half the guys I went to university with. That's okay. I, I feel so seen. Um, I yeah, I guess um, one thing that sort of stood out for me, obviously, is the, um, the 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 sort of secret NFTs element. You know, the fact that the NFT is only going to be viewable by uh, the owners. I guess. Uh, does this, Eric, do you think this goes against the fundamental principles of a distributed blockchain or do we do we think that this actually provides a useful sort of use case for NFTs moving forward? I mean, for this this one, I would actually say that this is one of the things that actually provides <laughs> value to this particular NFT, that you are the only person who can, who can, view, who can view it. Uh, and at the risk of aggravating and every PR person that's been reaching out to me, every week since I started, wrote my first NFT story. Not all NFT, NFTs are created equal. This one actually seems to have some value because you can see something. Not sure if um, Captain Kirk's trading cards are as valuable as this might, as this might be. 
Yeah, no, completely agree. I love that saying that not all NFTs are created equal. Um, Gustavo, last word to you on this one. What were your thoughts? I love the the, the Pop Fiction's NFT. Uh, I'm definitely going to check that out. But the currency here in Brazil is crazy. It's not viable at this point. But I'm I'm a little divided about NFTs. I think we have something here, but it still have to, you know, we need need more and at least three years to to see what this is going. Yeah, no, completely agree. It's got a way to run, and I think. Um... Special shout out, I think, this week to our uh, producers for the incredible picture at the end of this story of uh, John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. Um, I think it's uh, it's brought the whole thing to life. So look, um, on that, I am going to wrap us up. Um, thank you so much, um, as always, to all of our guests. Um, I'm going to go around the, uh, the sort of virtual room, guys. Where can people find out more about you, Guerra? Let's start with you. Um, yeah, you can find me at 11fs.com and I'm on Twitter, not Guerra. Excellent. Yeah. Counterintuitive. Um, Eric, over to you. Well, you can always read my daily daily stories at verdict.co.uk. And if you happen to miss those stories, I will be tweeting them and some extremely awful puns on my Twitter account, Eric Johansson, Eric Johansson LJ. Excellent. We're all here for the terrible puns. Uh, Douglas, what about you? Well, you can find us and me especially on the Virtual Arena, uh, which is our uh, um, video podcast on Monday, when- Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Also, uh, our big news team as well. Um, and yeah, on ffnews.com. And of course, you can find me on YouTube and LinkedIn. Great. Thank you, Douglas. Gustavo, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on startups.com.br. It's in Portuguese, but you can always use Google Translate and you know get everything. It's very accurate when translate and they translate from Portuguese to English. So it's it's a good it's a good tip. Yeah, it's definitely getting better from when I started using it in university. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, all right, and as for me, you can find me um, on Twitter at Ross Gallagher zero seven. Um, thank you as always for listening. Uh, please do feel free to join the conversation on social media or email podcasts at 11fs.com. Thanks very much for listening.